Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Day we're together. Yeah, she made it back from uh, Seattle. <laughs> it just um, started giving me a to-do list, like a, a honey-do list. And so, like the moment I walked through the door, he was like, can you go away for another... F- <laughs> I'm kidding. She <laughs> no, did not do that. I did not. But I'm glad to have her back in studio with me. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're... Uh, nice. We also have a distinguished guest standing by, mm-hmm. so we'll bring uh, him in momentarily. So just um, a, a I, couple of updates. Go okay. Ahead. Well, first off, um, if if... Any of the listeners out there have never been to the Pacific Northwest, um, which is, and that's the west side of the Cascade Mountain Range, um, go. Yeah. You should experience it at one. Uh, it's it's so beautiful, so lush, so green. Um, we were heading over the the range to into drop into Seattle, and my mom was like, "Look at the clouds spilling over the mountains." And it's like the moment we got over there, it, I mean, we were in a cloud the entire time, but I had the opportunity to go f- do some walking, and and it's just like the evergreens and the ferns, and the it's just gorgeous. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. So if you've never been, you should go. And I was once, and I would out. recommend that you uh, visit the iconic uh, Pike's Plate. I was about yeah, ready to Pike say fish that. Market. And watch by the way, throw it doesn't fish. smell like fish. It doesn't. It does not oh, and they've like just so beautiful flowers too. It's yeah. it's it's iconic for its fish, but it also there's so many beautiful flowers you can get for yeah. like super cheap. So, mm-hmm. um, what other announcements do we have? Uh, a week from today, yeah, we don't have um, guests lined up for Friday or Monday. We're working on a mm-hmm. few. We do have a week from today. We'll have Seth Merrifield on. Mm-hmm. He's going to talk about his decision to reduce interest rate, and so that'll be an interesting conversation. We're going to. Yeah. We'll try not to nerd out on the math, but um, we're going to talk <laughs> That's about a hard one, this, honey. Uh, some interesting <laughs> decisions around that, which kind of loosely ties to what we're going to talk to uh, uh, Russell about today. So, yeah, so um, yeah, but no other uh, particular announcements for me. We're uh, we're working on some some big stuff over here and continue to chip yeah. away at it and making some progress and mm-hmm. getting some people plugged into the thing. And so, yeah, I wanted to say, I put this back up there, Facebook user. Yeah. It's still showing you as a Facebook user. So I think that when you go into the actual posting that there's a place that you have to click um, in the explanation of the post and then it'll show your name. So good. And okay. then I had one other thing I wanted to share for those of you who have not done so yet. Um, would you take a moment and, Find our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to the YouTube channel over there. That will be a good way to uh, keep up with all of the uh, content that all we put the out there, things. including the BHP Nation TV events and so on. So absolutely okay. So are we ready? That's it. Yeah, let's bring <laughs> in Mr. Russell Moore is <laughs> Hi, joining Russell. us from Texas. Good morning. How are y'all? Good. How are you today? I am doing wonderful. I got up and had my coffee, and I'm I'm ready to go. Right on. Right are on. you Are you ready for Game Eight of the American League Championship Series, or I'm I'm ready. I, uh, all my uh, Rangers fans were uh, harassing me yesterday, oh. and I just told them, "Well, we just started our vacation a little bit early this year, <laughs> and we, we had to go polish our couple of uh, trophies that we already had." So uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, I, um, but it's a team from Texas going, and I think the team from Texas will win. Uh, that's my prediction. Okay, we'll watch yeah. for that. I I had a conversation with mike downey on uh, uh most people know mike downey with auto masters over there he's a 
Astros fan, lives there in the Houston area. And I said, you know, I think that's unusual that the visiting team won every game in that series. That's that I don't recall yep. seeing that myself. But yeah, that was a, a surprise uh, outcome, but uh, interesting nonetheless. But anyway, I had something else interesting I wanted to ask you. So just to help our folks get to know you <laughs> and help me get to know you a little bit better, I want to know just like if you were stranded, Russell, on a deserted island, you had you you didn't know how long you were going to be there, and you could take one music artist with you, one singer artist. Who would you pick to have on your playlist? Jimmy Buffett. How about that? Oh, and he just passed. I, you know, I just love Buffett. I, you know, he's got so many songs, and and it's a lot of a lot of stories in his songs. I love the storytelling aspect of his song. So I, it's a good one. And there's some fun stuff in there too. So yeah, that would be my choice. Yeah, good. Mine, I, it's it's hard to narrow it down to one because it really depends on my mood. So, like, what kind of oh, mood? Oh, no, you can pick one. No, you can pick one. Um, I would say it would end up being Mumford and Sons. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Good one. I, it's, you know, like you said, it, there's a lot of story, and I just, I love the harmonies, and I love the, the, um, yeah, the, yeah, the lyrics in sure. a lot of the songs. I've I've seen them in concert live a few times, and it hits what they're singing about hits you even harder when yeah. you're there. Yeah, that's yeah. for me. It would be Tom Petty. I'm realizing that's some some the kind of music that if I had one style of music that would be Tom uh -huh. Petty. And I, I said that I you know he's he's a little like Bob Dylan, but you can understand it. So that's why I would pick. <laughs> I can understand what he's saying. So I just follow the thing along. <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, that's awesome. fun. thanks for playing along. We have a really important subject to get to today. And Russell, you were kind enough to agree to join us when yeah. we when we started to take on this this topic. Go ahead. Can I well can I do you mind if I kind of like no, chime in? So we were Jim and I were um, you know, like we we peruse Facebook and see what people are talking about. And um back in August, so it's been a few months, um Back in August, we ran across a, a post in the boardroom, uh, and I don't think that it was in success. No. Um, I think it was just in the boardroom, and it was a, it was a really, um, uh, it was a post by um, by Amanda Sanchez, who is uh, the person that kind of directs the boardroom. She created it. She created it, and lenders are clamping down on dealers and how it's creating a struggle and how a lot of dealers are feeling the pinch and, and, you know, what can we do? Uh, you know, all, and so I, I was reading through all of these things cause this is something that, you know, we're hearing from other places and, um, and, you know, it just lots, lots of, lots of, uh, good insight with what people were thinking. And then Russell chimes in and says something that stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, that is one of the most beautiful, uh, like, like thinking outside of our own little world and box perspectives that it it's Russell. It really, it, it, uh, I, I, um, I love your wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, and well, he inspired it. So yeah, yeah that's, so, that's the comment. Yeah. Yeah. If you would tell me a little bit about, or tell us a little bit about that conversation you were having with your wife and how, you know, how it came up and all of that. Well, you know, she's very analytical and, and, and likes the psychology of why people do what they do. Um, so whenever, 
whenever she saw the the post in there, she was like, you know, it people need to look within, right? I mean, we as dealers need to look within. Everything that we do, you know, whether it's from lending standpoint, from an insurance standpoint, from anything that we do in in our business, if we would just look within, we would see that everything goes towards an end, right? I mean, meaning like, uh, like in this case, it was, uh, you know, going towards that we are lenders too, right? So you want something from your lender and we're borrowers from them. So our customers are borrowers from us. So there's no, there's no difference in between that. You know, yeah. you, it, it, if you think that you're different than, than your customer is, then you're not, you're a borrower as well. How you handle that is a different situation. So that was the conversation that we that we went through. And yeah, I think for those who didn't see the post from Amanda, Amanda was, you know, obviously in her position as CPA, she was talking to folks about it's really important to communicate with your lenders. And I forget all the, the points that she brought forward there. But the, the idea was dealers working with their lenders and times are getting, you know, more difficult and and some dealers are up against their i'm paraphrasing now but basically if you think about being up against the you know covenant barriers and those kind of things then then as she was really suggesting you know we we really need to communicate you know and, and be cooperative with our lenders and then you chimed in and basically said you know my wife brought forward the idea that we we could take that same approach to our relationship as dealers with our customers yeah right? So that's kind of the mm -hmm. backstory on, on that. And that's the premise. And it really is a really kind of pivotal thing to think about at a time like this. And so I want to share Russell, the, the Facebook um, results that we got, uh, we, we just put a poll out yesterday evening and, um, and, and did it in both the BHP success group and the boardroom. And there were about 80 respondents overnight. And it's interesting to see for those who can't see that screen very well, the, the gray area are the ones who responded. So let me read the question, I guess, first. It says, in light of uh, recent economic struggles, how has your approach to payments and collection enforcement shifted, if any, or if at all? And 18% said they're being more flexible. 30% said no change. And 52% said they're clamping down. So it kind of is interesting thing to observe. And, and I, there's just so many elements to this. What do you think, Russell, when you see that? I, it, it surprises me that, that 52% are clamping down. So I am in the more flexible group. And the reason I say clamping down is, is, is a bad idea right now is because I don't care, you know, over the years of my 20 groups and all of that stuff, if you are the guy in collections that ask for keys or cash guess what you're going to get you're going to get the keys back the keys. every time yep. so clamping down again this would be going back to our borrower lender situation mm -hmm. so if you're wanting to be a little more flexible if you're wanting your cash you've got to be more flexible do the deferments do the extensions do the the things that it makes you, you want the cash, not the car. And, and I'm stealing that from, uh, from Brent. Yes. So, uh, you know, that's the one thing that I think you have to do in this clientele. Now, the caveats to that are 
you know, if you haven't had communication in 30 days, then you're going to have to go ahead and repossess that car. But, you know, the being more flexible up front, sending out the, I'm doing more messaging with my customers now than I've done in a long time. Mm -hmm. The collectors are, are doing as far as they can. And then I'm taking over and saying, look, I'm, this is Russell. I'm the owner. What can I do to help you? I love that. So I I have sent a bunch of those questions, uh, those messages out. Yeah, I love that. And you know, when you say when you say, well, if they haven't communicated with thirty days or for thirty days, I, you know, if they're in a pinch, they're going to communicate less unless they feel like they can communicate. And how do we do that? A lot of it has to do with how we've approached them leading up yes. to that point, and then also. Um, the more past due they get, Russell, and it been your experience that the more past due they get, the more afraid they are and the less likely they are to, to respond mm -hmm. to a phone call or what have you. So, so yep. yeah, there's a lot of elements in that. And I love that, uh, you know, your wife is, um, is uh, interested in the behavior part. It's something that we obviously look at. And, and sometimes I think people hear what we talk about through White Hat Wednesday and they think, man, what a, what a couple of bleeding hearts, you know, <laughs> Jim and Michelle are over there. Or Pollyannas. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, but I can also look at the business element of this. So when I look at your, your decision to be flexible with people, I'm, I'm hearing others on uh, dealers on Facebook and, and some of them in conjunction with this thread are saying, my problem is I can't even get a customer to give a thousand dollars down. So, so now the question is, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to clamp down on customers. I'm going to be really strict. I'm going to say keys are cash. I'm going to get keys. And now what the car's going to sit on the back row. Cause I can't get the down payment I'm looking for to finance it to somebody else. It's like, why not cooperate with the customer that's already in the car, <laughs> you know? And so this is kind of where it comes about for me is like, it's, there, there's some business elements to this to really consider, you know, what are the ramifications? But I, but I really think when I see this is 52% are saying they want to clamp down Russell. So I wonder how they feel if they want their lender to, to approach them in the same way. And then, you know, the other thing I, I see this and I think, okay, so how many of those dealers who are clamping down are doing it because they're up against their borrowing base and they, they, that account becomes ineligible at a certain point. Right. And so, so that can, can factor into this. Is so this is also a conversation for lenders and, and the, uh, you know, the buy here, pay here dealer lenders mm -hmm. is, you know, we are, uh, we're in a crunch, we're in a, you know, in a, in a tight spot. And so do you want to clamp down or be more flexible as long as we're communicating with you so that we can all weather this storm together? And I'll answer for them. I, I, I'm very good friends with, with Primalend and with Spartan, you know, Rambo's a great guy, mm -hmm. uh, Paxton and Todd Yates. I mean, those guys are wonderful. And I'll speak to, for them and tell you that they're going to work with you uh, if you're communicating with if them. If you're communicating. But that's the key. I mean, that's the key to anything. Uh, if I'm if I can't communicate with my customers, I'm not going to be able to to work with them. I'm not going to be able to uh, to to be able to make sure that they're they're doing their stuff to make a payment arrangement. Um, so, you know, with, with, between Primeland and Spartan and those guys, look, they're struggling with, with their lenders, you know, their money has gone up. So, you know, everybody's got their, their people that they answer to, and, and you're going to have to work with them. You're going to have to be adults and work with them. Somebody just put up a deal about clamping down. Maybe it's more in the underwriting. Well, you know, if you didn't read the question properly, this is a collections problem, not a, in, at this point not an underwriting. Underwriting is a different subject, but 
uh, I would think that if we're clamping down on on underwriting, then that's another conversation we need to have. Yeah, sure. Uh, but the collections part of it, I, I don't see the the clamping down and dropping the hammer on our customers right now. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, I took a, lo- a look through the list of people and how they responded. And I can say I, I purposefully sought out dealers that I know have used external financing and I know who were in business through the 08 period. So, right, we saw a lot of, you know, financial crunch through the late mm-hmm. 2000s. And so I, I can see at least three dealers here who were in that category who voted um, more flexible. Okay. And then uh, and then there were a few others that were in the no change, which you can... You can mm-hmm. make a case for that if you're if you're yeah. already being flexible and cooperative and then, you know, your customer is going to appreciate consistency. And I think, you know, you communicate and, mm-hmm. and work with people. And I think you, you touched on it there, Russell. I think we have to remember a lot of these lenders in our space have money behind them. So they kind yeah. of have their own covenants that they have to think about. And, and I think their ability to navigate their own covenants would have a lot to do with our communication as a dealer. And what kind of strategy we're invoking, you know, and, and kind of a way to write it out. Because we've heard from some dealers that they think we're kind of at the bottom of the financial, you know, crunch here. And I, I'd like to believe that. My concern is that there could be, you know, it could get worse before it gets better. And uh, so I think we just have to be prepared and have a strategy, you know, for how to go into this. And, and you know, I think it's, it's just interesting, like you say, to see that only 18% are reporting being more flexible and cooperative. My, my fear is that that's coming from their own financial pressure. Yeah. I yeah. agree 100%. So, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Turn. So, go, you know, going back to when, you know, I started out uh, borrowing from, and it was probably, and I'm going to go ahead and name drop, but, you know, whenever I started borrowing from those guys, I remember going to a 20 group back then and, and David telling me, saying, look, this number here does not look good, mm-hmm. you know, you need to be ahead of this and, and, you know, you need to call Paxton as soon as you get back and tell him this is what you need to work on. You're aware of it and, and moving forward. So, you know, that was always my, my contention was you have to communicate those issues before they find them. Right. Uh, You bring them up first and, and, and I get it with our customers. It's a little bit more difficult because they just, they're having to, bounce it between four different people mm-hmm. um, and and I, I totally understand that yeah. so whenever you're you know I'm only dealing with one person so getting ahead of that is is a, a key thing I believe with any lender and telling them hey this is where I'm screwing up mm-hmm. or this is what is screwed up and uh, and this is how I'm going to fix it Right. I, I appreciated what what Jim shared with with those that have been around since the last big crunch and then their their perspective on this. And, it, and there's a still, lot. They're still here, by the way. They're still <laughs> here. They're still here. They're still in business. It was I mean, it was a it was a rough time for everybody. I you know, I didn't live in the buyer payer world, but it was a rough time for everybody if for um, banks and lenders. And I mean, just everybody. And I appreciate that that um, that that's where they're coming at this. And, and, and younger dealers that haven't experienced something like this or when I say younger, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, newer to the newer business, to the business um, that there might be like a knee jerk reaction because it's like, uh, uh, and it's, it's uh, because you don't know what to expect. It's like all the trends look like X and to be able to lean on the wisdom of those that have experienced it before and said, okay, here are the things that you need to do, but it's not a time 
to, to, to be harder on your customers. It's a time to figure out how to communicate more effectively with them and, and how can, and you, for you to communicate with your lenders as well, and just really come together. This is, this is like, we're all in it together. And, 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 you know, I, I, um, I'm not a person that, uh, that brings out a lot of, um, uh, con considered religious type things, but there's a, there's a saying do unto others mm -hmm. as you would have them do unto you. And, and I think that this topic is a really beautiful place to apply that, um, you know, do unto others, do unto your customers as you would have your lenders do unto you. And so help open up those communication lines and, and, you know, be there to help as much as you possibly can. I'll let Russell speak to that. Yeah, no, and I agree with you 100% on that. And, you know, but it, I guess I will add to that. It, we still have to make money, right? Yeah. True. Uh, but the golden rule is 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 the golden rule. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, you have to you have to give the customer every opportunity to help themselves. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then you got they have to give me every opportunity to help them. Yes. Right. And so once I can, it, and, and again, it, it, it's the communication part of it. And, and I, 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 between our lenders and borrowers, everything is the same on that. You have to be willing to work. And, and I can guarantee you all the lenders, uh, SDA, all, all of them, I mean, they're working with their people. They don't want our portfolios back. Mm -hmm. I can promise you they don't want that. Mm -hmm. uh, they want the cash just as the same as we do. As long as you can, show them uh, a path to get that cash, then right. we're good. I think that's that path part is important to me. Like when I think about this, if I were in a lender's seat and I'm looking at a number of dealers who are, you know, struggling in default, I would just, I would be looking for a strategy. Like I think, you know, that, that I would be looking for the dealer to come forward and say, you know, what is, what is your game plan? How do you want to turn this corner? And I, I think you could find more cooperation if you had a, a clear cut strategy to get from A to B. And so that's kind of what I would be encouraging. That's what I heard you say that, you know, you re referenced David, for those who don't know, that would be David Brotherton, a 20 group moderator. And yeah. so he's, you know, got a lot of experience and, and said, you know, this is something that lenders are going to look at. And so we think things like collateral recovery rate would be among the things that we would be watchful of and, and uh, not going to be surprised to see it dipping. We're hearing about delinquency being up. We're hearing about bankruptcy being up. So you're not going to be surprised to see, you know, accounts falling out of borrowing base eligibility, which starts to apply pressure to dealers. And so I think just having a strategy to, to, you know, map it out. And if I'm, if I'm, you know, the lender, I just, I want to hear that the business owner has got a game plan and they're, they're, they're being proactive about it, you know? Well, with interest expense going up for everybody, our charge offs are going up. So, you know, the, the path that I think is the easiest one for us dealers to take is, cut your expenses, yeah. you know, cut your expenses. And that's the one that they want to hear and, and show them that they're doing it. Uh, I've got a number of my friends, me included, that have cut expenses year yeah. over year. And, and so you have to do that to be able to, to go through there. So that allows me to be more flexible, right? I mean, uh, and maybe the clamping down, that's the pressures that they're feeling because they didn't, they haven't, cut the expenses. They didn't do all of those things a year ago when we saw this coming. Um, so not that I'm the all knowing and my crystal ball wasn't better than anybody else's. I just, 
I kind of had a feeling and with our 20 groups and all of that stuff, we knew we had a feeling this was going to happen. And, yeah. and, and we've been, we've, we've been riding that way for a while and we're, we're feeling the pains now. I'm, yeah. I'm hearing another plug for a 20 group. <laughs> uh, it's just because it, it is, it is yeah. such a, such a valuable asset to, to dealers, businesses It is to have that kind of, um, group that you can meet well, with. And, and as I hear you talk yeah. about that cost cutting strategy, I'm, I'm aware that, you know, in our business, Russell, we have a bit of a thing that other businesses don't always face, which is, you know, profits very different from cash flow in our, in our line of work. Right. And so we don't repay our lenders from profit, you know, that just really doesn't help us much at the end of the day, unless we're selling that paper, you know, or yeah. whatever, then it doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't solve anything with the lender. So I think, you know, the charge offs we may experience. The question is what's our cash strategy, you know, to, to kind of navigate mm -hmm. through this. So it'll be an interesting time. And I think, um, you know, what we're just seeing here with the poll results is that, you know, it's, it's another area where we're going to see some of the dealers, I'm afraid that are in that, you know, clamping down, um, strategy are going to find, as you said, a lot more repos. Their, their back row is going to fill up with more repos. And, and then the question is now what, you know, wh where do you go from there? So, so yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a, an interesting time and, and a curious thing to, to watch. Yes. But yeah, so let's go ahead. You know, some of the, you know, the clamping down part, you know, I, I see a lot of people that are going to be doing that and getting inventory. So, the good side about that is they're going to have inventory, right? <laughs> so they're going to save cash. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's, I, I do a spreadsheet and I've done it for the last eight years. And, uh, you know, you look at on, on the repos, did I really make money on them when I repoed them? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I will tell you, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the majority of mine have, have made money. So, I know the charge-offs look horrible on, on paper, uh, but cash over cash, you know, I'm, I'm still to the good, uh, uh just looks worse on the P and L. <laughs> right. No, I get it. But I still don't want to, I don't want a bunch of repos. I'd rather them pay off. Right. I mean, that's the ultimate goal for the, for the consumer is to, to pay off. I'm, I'm going to do a couple of strategies here, uh, for tax time this year. Cause, my gut tells me that I don't think we're going to have a huge tax time. I think people are going to spend that money elsewhere. Um, and meaning I think it's, it's going to be about like it was last year or the year before. I think it's not, not going to be huge. So, you know, the strategy I'm going to use, I may be working with the, um, working with the customers to maybe lower percentage, uh, APR, maybe lowering, uh, taking a pay, a big cash payment on a tax deal to, to do something. That's my, you know, strategy to help offset some of that, you know, try to help the customer out, try to get them to pay longer. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned tax refund season. I think that we're at a time of year when it's appropriate to work that into your strategy, you know, for the next six months. And, um, and you may be right. It may be lower, but whatever, uh, customers do experience, it's probably helpful to communicate with your customers between now and then and say, you know, it's a it's an easy thing to say. We understand it. We sometimes find that our customers struggle to make the connection. Like, you know, without that car, you know, all the other things that you're looking to do. I mean, you know, your car gets you to work and you, your your job is what pays you electric bill and everything else. Mm -hmm. It's like we, we kind of have to get better at, at educating our customers on some of those things and make sure that they do make good choices when the dollars do come at tax refund season, that we're able to kind of 
help bridge that thing and and get there. And so a uh, couple things I want to uh, share. You know, our, our dealer friend, Tommy Brandis out in Pennsylvania has yep. been in business 30 plus years. He's been through, you know, multiple ups and downs. And so he's uh, he's somebody who's seen a lot. And we've heard Tommy on our broadcast describe customers as survivors. You know, we see that same sort of thing. And I just, I want to share a, a post. I'm just going to read it uh, the way the guy wrote it. And, and we don't mention names because these things are in private groups. And so it can't be sure what they want to say out there, you know, um, on some a public format. But basically the this dealer says, I've been saying this all along. I personally deal with and know every one of my accounts. I see them struggling. I get the phone calls myself. I see it firsthand and I feel for them. I don't let them ever go to get too far behind. Um, but I have to give some of them credit. I don't know how they do it. Could you imagine having to get by on their income with kids? You know, so, so basically it's this idea that it's kind of how we view the customer. It's the lens that we see the customer through and our, our willingness to cooperate, recognizing full well, we, we all have financial limits that we have to work within, you know, or I should say most of us do. Maybe there's some out there that don't have that, that challenge, but for the most part, we, you know, we kind of have to, to be prepared to work with folks. And before I take this slide down, we have some people that will see the broadcast on audio. So before we take this down, I just wanted to kind of recap the numbers. 18% said more flexible, 30% said no change, and 52% said clamping down was the, the approach that they're bringing to, uh, you know, the, their collections process now. But, you know, I, I feel like, Russell, we, we covered it pretty well. If you have any Thank other you. thoughts there as we wrap it up, I love, um, and, and say hello to the missus. We're, we're, yes. we're, we're really appreciating her um, perspective on the thing and glad that this topic, you know, came up in the way that it did. I, and thank you. I, I'm sure she's listening uh, as well. She's a stalker on there. So she's, <laughs> she's, uh, and she'll be listening. And you know, right? But I, I think we can take away from, from this what her strategy in, in, in a lot of these things is look at the psychology of it. I, I think that is a big part of it. And, you know, being able to, how can you best get your customer to the finish line? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and is, at this point, if they paid you for a couple of years and, and, and like at my strategy that I'm fixing to do is if I need to lower the, the APR for a payment for ta during tax time and, and lower their payment down by 30 or 50 bucks a month is what I'm looking at maybe doing. Is that going to hurt me long, long term? I don't know, yeah. but I have a feeling that if I can get more of them to the finish line, I'm going to be better off. Even if I lowered the APR, even if I lowered the monthly payment, because right. um, not all of them are going to do it. Right. So yeah. I, I think that's some of the strategies that you, that we need to incorporate and maybe look at helping our customers in, in more of a, just just more i think we have to do more um and laurel i she would be you know I, i'd be remiss if i didn't say you know if you look at amazon making gazillions of dollars and stuff <laughs> you know, yeah. why don't they do more and and they probably do more than i think they do but and i know she would probably say when's enough enough yeah and i know y'all heard me say that before on here but i you know it, it, enough's enough on some of these things we we have make a good living. It's time to give back. We we had a conversation about that on Monday about um, and, and they touched a little bit on that, that, uh, you know, if if getting an extra blank from fees or whatever is what's going to put milk on your table, 
then you should probably do it. But those extra fees are going to get what are going to keep milk off of some people's tables. Right. And I yeah, I saw where Tyler had, had said that as well. And I, I appreciate his insight on that because he's he's very, very on point on that. Yeah, there's a broader way to maybe think about this. And I heard you say, and we'll be talking again to another dealer next week about the decision to lower interest rate. One thing I might suggest is that dealers contemplate rather than lowering interest rate, maybe look at a, creating a program where uh, customers who pay on time or perform get get credits back of some kind. So that part of the thought process for me would be, I think we all understand that when we maintain a higher interest rate, that paper that we own has a little more value. So I think I might keep the interest rate where it is, but create a program where those who pay, you know, get some credits back on their account towards something like that so that we can incorporate a reward side of this. I think what we find in Carrots. buy here, pay your perspective, yeah. Russell, is that what we see across the industry is, you know, in the collection side, and this is really important in the behavior part and the psychology part that you're saying that Oral mentioned, it's like when we look at that, it's like we see that dealers often use the punishment side, but they don't use the reward side enough to reward good behavior. And so this is an opportunity, I think, as we move forward, is to create those kind of credits and be able to see. I, was, I did say Laurel's name, so most yeah. people that know Russell also know Laurel. Hugo Sanchez piped in, is like Laurel would have been a better guest. Russell yeah. did all right. Ask her next time. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Yeah, we would love to have her on today with you, so that's fun. But uh, yeah, I just think that's what we're seeing, and so we yeah. think that there's an opportunity to, you know, be be flexible, find solutions. And I might also suggest one thing we've been talking to our clients about is, you know, you talk about the finish line, having your customers reach the end. And that's a, that's a beautiful outlook. I would say, I think it's appropriate for dealers to develop a strategy like along the line of what can I do to get this customer through 24 months and then let's reassess, you know, so we can, we can be in a position to maybe at that point, we're in a better position to write off some of the balance and trade them into something or whatever that looks like. But if we just really got hyper-focused on what does it look like for 24 months, if I can carry these customers 24 months, we'll, we can reassess our financial picture, you know, at that point in time and the, mm. and the world will have changed you know, <laughs> a, a decent amount in 24 months. Hopefully and, for the better. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. we're in a position then to yeah. reevaluate and decide what we want to do with those accounts at that time. But, but I think that's a, that's something to contemplate for dealers that are listening. Yeah. So, um, thank you, Russell. Thank you Absolutely. so much. For thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Welcome. Yeah, You're always a pleasure. And maybe one of these days we'll have Laurel on the show too. It's like, yeah. what do you think about this, Laurel? <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Be ready if you ask that question. <laughs> right on. Um, I'm gonna put you backstage, but stick around for just a second so we can give you a proper goodbye when we're done. I will. All right. Well, that was a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. And important. last night as we were getting ready for bed, it's like tomorrow's conversation is going to be pretty rich. Yeah. It's important stuff. Yeah. Like, it is it's, important stuff. It's, um, it's something that we know that applies to, you know, any uh, creditor debtor relationship really. And mm -hmm. so it's a, it's going to be a, a time to navigate. I think in our mm -hmm. industry, we have an opportunity to, you know, be successful by bringing yeah. a little longer term outlook. And I think, you know, the uh, golden rule, different way of saying be fair and firm and mm -hmm. just envelop all of that with kindness mm -hmm. and be kind in the process of being fair and firm. Sure. sure. So very good. All right, well, everybody. Up there. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, folks. And remember, next Wednesday, we have Wake Seth up. Merrifield joining us. Uh huh. So as a dealer himself who's navigating this. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. And we will chat with you on Friday. Thanks again so much again for joining us.